Hello there, and you're listening to the Deep Link Cricket Podcast with Adi and Kartik as per usual. So, uh, let's begin um, with the ritual of uh, talking about my cricket games this week. Uh, I only had one, um, which we lost. Uh, but um, yes, uh, uh, on Monday, uh, wait, 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 yes, uh, the game that I think I mentioned on the podcast when we went uh, to Kez Five Ways, uh, and it was rained off. I, th- I think I said we, we went oh, yeah, yeah. and then, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was rearranged. But, um, uh, we went again. Uh, we batted first. Uh, Devin scored a, a fantastic 54, I think. Um, and we got 112 on a wicket that actually wasn't uh, easy to bat on. So that was a that was a decent target, I think, looking back, maybe 10 or 15 runs short. Uh, bowled well to start. Something I've recognised the last few games with me is I bowl three or four really good balls and then the, and then one goes haywire and then that goes to four. But um, though we started well um, and then a, a couple of poor balls uh, and uh, and big shots meant that because, because it's because you don't have like the luxury of loads of runs, a four and a six drastically changes the game. Uh, and uh, we lost by eight wickets. Um, didn't play much more this week, but what I did get to do was score. Um, I make that sound very exciting, don't I? Uh, so, um, so on Wednesday, um, the uh, the MCC themselves, uh, one of their teams came over um, as they do annually to our school, um, and uh, our teacher asked me to score. So uh, I met um, I met. A very nice uh, man next to me, and we were scoring for uh, for twenty five overs before I had to go. So yes, um, the beautiful weather on Wednesday, and that was what I did. Anyways, uh, let's let's go up a notch. We've gone from school cricket to MCC. Let's go on to international cricket and the World Test Championship final. That was smooth, wasn't it? So uh, yeah. last week uh, we covered the first three days. Uh, really, only one and a half days uh, of the World Test Championship final. But the game did finish with a result, despite um, despite only playing really three and a half days of cricket, isn't it? Because of the reserve day as well on the 6th. As many know now, after a total of just four playing days worth of intense cricket, uh, New Zealand did finally win the inaugural World Test Championship in fine style. Yeah, having said that, let's continue with our summary of the game. So, day four was also fully washed out, surprise, surprise. But there was still two more days of cricket left in the game. After a delayed start on day 5, play resumed. A quiet first hour was followed by a fantastic catch at short cover by Shubman Gill to send back Taylor. One brought many as Ishan and Shami picked up Watling and Nichols. Mohamed Shami claimed 4 wickets in total, also snapping up Colin de Grantham and Jameson for himself as the new ball delivered frequent wickets. A gutsy 49 by Ken Williamson gave the Kiwis a crucial 32 run lead which would later be invaluable. The Indian openers came out to bat late on day five uh, in gloomy conditions uh, and it was not long before Shubhan Gill and Rohit Sharma fell for eight and thirty respectively to Tim Salby. Uh, The loss of Rohit was a massive blow for the men in blue because having a set batsman uh, is huge in a third innings effort and they just eroded the, uh, the deficit and, they, and they, were, uh, they were on a lead of around 20 when uh, I think when he got out. If he was there uh, in the morning, he could have just played a little bit, and he could have really gone for it on the morning of day yeah, six. And, yeah, yeah. And uh, adding to that, um, it was really gloomy on that 
night, but mm. on the following morning, it was perfect batting conditions. It was, it was, yeah. it was sun shining and it looked like a good hard wicket. So yeah, he was correct. He was a he was set he was a set batsman, but it is right, Sharma, and he does tend to get out in the easiest of ways. Uh, but the um, well, the, the the frustrating thing about the way he got out was 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 that he left. It wasn't like it was a brilliant ball that that, uh, that he nicked a second slip. It was just he left and it and it swung in. Let's go on to day six, Karthik. Yeah. So on day six, I was really anticipating how the teams will go out, go about the rest of the match. I mean, it was in a unique position the mm. game and there were so many questions will both teams play out for the draw will they go for the jugular and the win no one knew especially with this Indian team however the tide did turn swiftly in favour of New Zealand after the special deliveries by Jameson to send Pujara and Kohli packing from there it was a clinical performance by the bowlers to round up India for 170 Pant and Jadeja took the attacking option but fell by the double-edged sword that they play on India's tail unsurpri- unsurprisingly did not wag as India set a target of 139 runs for victory. Uh, as New Zealand set about to win their first, not their first, the first uh, World Test Championship, uh, there was some success for Ashwin uh, at the start as he dismissed both Latham and Conway. Uh, for a short period, I was uh, following the score on my quick app. I thought it might even be possible, uh, defending 60 in 30 overs. It wasn't to be. Uh, Williamson and Taylor played steadily all the way to victory, uh, and it was a well-deserved win for a team who came so close to winning it uh, all the time, uh, the 2015 World Cup, the 2019 World Cup. Uh, And I think in the end, the better team won, and that's how sport should be. The main reason, in my view, why India failed was that it was a lack of a big performance from their backbone players of Shiteshwa Pujara, Virat Kohli and Ajinkya Rahane, but also the bowlers not being fully consistent. Lo and behold, Kohli was grimacing and sulking, as he always does, (laughs) saying that it shouldn't be one game to decide the best test side in the world. Agreeing with Vishasi, but hey, they are are a a fearsome duo. Uh, And just finishing off uh, on India, they will be uh, camping over here in England uh, for the next six weeks. Uh, before their test matches uh, against the hosts. Um, They all went to London before splitting up for three weeks to do whatever they would like. So um, I really hope the weather stays okay for them. It's been been decent. There was uh, a lot of rain on uh, on Friday night there. Uh, The warm-up matches for them uh, have been cancelled in line with the bubble rules uh, and so on. The county players aren't in bubbles, so uh, they can't play them. Uh, I don't quite get that, but oh well. they are set to play two inter-squad games when they converge back in a month's time. Yeah, and now moving on to the England versus Sri Lanka series that occurred at the same time as the in, as the as the World Test Championship final. So, already finished the T20 series as we have mentioned in one of our other episodes. I think it might have been the last one mm. or the one before that. Um, so they played back-to-back T20s yeah. and they f- and. The T20 series was finished in a matter of days. <laughs> yeah. As England, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. keep going. Yeah. As yeah. England whitewashed Sri Lanka three nothing, and this must be a definite booster for their confidence heading into the T20 World Cup. But there's more on that later as well. So the first T20 was the closest of the three games. Sri Lanka scrambled to 129 for seven with Dasun Shanaka hitting a 50. The England openers had a solid 80-run partnership with Joss Butler seeing out the win with a brilliant 68. 68 not out of 55 balls. 
the next day they played the second T20 in Cardiff. Uh, SL batted yet again and only made 111. Uh, the England top order crumbled in a mini collapse. I think it was 36 for four. Um, a chance to win, but Livingston, Billings and Cohen steadied the innings, uh, leading to a win with four overs to spare. In the 20 England batted first for a change and hammered 180 runs with Milan and Bersto both hitting 50-plus scores opening. Milan's timing was, oh, fantastic, creaming the ball. He, he ended up with 76, silencing the critics. However, Sri Lankan veteran Dushmantas Chamira, with his clever slower balls, brought Sri Lanka back into the game and did pick up four wickets for only 17 runs. The Sri Lankan batting was dismal and they were all out for 91 in just under 19 overs. David Willey was the pick of the bowlers for 3 for 27. In other news relating to this series, Butler has been unfortunately ruled out for the rest of the white ball series after sustaining a calf tear in, his, in the first T20. You know, Sri Lanka, it's, um, it's quite frustrating me. I mean, you, I think optimism runs out and I think it's, it's really difficult because they've got, they've got talent, but it's just not clicking for them i think what what really made them fail um in the uh, in the last uh in the last few days is their batting not being up to their bowling i think their bowling has actually been pretty good um it's the batting not making the runs which they need anyways um let's go on to some more exciting crickets uh in the West Indies, uh, so coming off from where we left off last week in their second innings, uh, South Africa made just 174, uh, with Rassi van der top scoring with 75, and KG Rivada chipping in with 40. Uh, West Indies, they didn't do any better, except opener Kieran Powell's 51, uh, the West Indies collapsed. Uh, Keshav Maharaj, the left arm spinner, took 5 for 36, along with a hat-trick to clear up the West Indian batsman for 165. Um, their target being 324 and therefore winning by let's do some quick maths 159 uh the t20s uh began uh yesterday uh with west indies drawing first blood after being put into bat in granada uh quinton de Kock got, uh, got them off to a quick start uh, and van der Dussen carried them to the end uh, as they made 166. uh left arm orthodox spinner fabian allen uh, impressed with two for 18 and DJ Bravo, yes, he's still playing, being recalled for the West Indies, and also got to wickets. The West Indies top order made light work of the chase, then being 73 for no loss after the power play. Spiceman Andre Fletcher, who played in the BBL for the Melbourne Stars, made 30 of 19 before being run out. But the star of the show and man of the match was Evan Lewis. He's matched 71 of 35 of, with a, an outstanding strike rate of 203, and also hitting seven monstrous sixes. In at three, Chris Gale also got in the act, whilst Andre Russell finished it off. On the bowling front from the Proteus, uh, Rabada and Ngidi were taken to the cleaners, uh, only Tavoy Shamsi picking up a wicket. I think with all their stars of Pollard, Russell, Gale, DJ Bravo, Poulin, and, uh, and even Holder to an extent, if they can all stay fit, I think we'll be in for a great treat uh, at the T20 World Cup uh, and maybe see a West Indies revival and uh, uh, retaining their trophy. Uh, who knows? Um, I think we're going around the world today. We've done India, New Zealand, England, Sri Lanka, South Africa, West Indies, and now let's go to Pakistan. 
uh, and more specifically Yunus Khan, uh, the former Pakistan top order batsman. Uh, he has stepped down from his batting coach job uh, with the Pakistan cricket team, uh, pulling out of his two-year contract, which was set to end next year. Just adding in there, for those that don't know, Yunus Khan has a wealth of experience at the international stage, with over 10,000 test runs and by far Pakistan's highest run score in that format. No reasons were given for his decision, but uh, an unconfirmed source uh, said that uh, Yunus Khan wanted more of a say in the selection process and he wasn't happy with the way the team prepared. Uh, anyways, the Pakistan team uh, is set uh, to start a tour of the UK with three ODIs and three T20s, uh, once the Sri Lankans are gone. Uh, and let's go to some more quick, sort of sharp other news headlines uh, before our DRS of the week and at the end of the episode. Maxwell confirmed that he's unavailable for the in- upcoming inaugural 100 series. Josh Inglis is replacing him for the London Spirit franchise. Yeah, so Josh, Ing- Josh English. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Josh Inglis played. He's a Western Australian batsman, right. and um, yeah, he's a big, big hitter, as well as he can also play wicketkeeper, okay. but he has played in the outfield for much of his BBL career, mm. and um, yeah, I think he he moved from Adelaide to the Perth Scorchers last season or the season before that, and uh, yeah, he, he was one of the leading run scorers in the tournament and has won quite a f- won one or two BBL titles. Anyway... In other news, Devin Conway and Quinton de Kock signed up as replacements for Warner and Stoinis by the Southern Brave. Um, and let's go on to some real cricket. Um, that's that's a, a cheeky jab at the 100 not being a proper a, a six balls and over format. Um, uh, ESPN Cricket Info has learned that the T20 World Cup is set to start on the 17th of October at, uh, in the UAE uh, with the final to be held on November 14. Uh, it's... Um, it's cutting it close in terms of the start date with when the uh, the IPL could finish. I think I read a gap of only four days, which is uh, very demanding of the players. But yes, that that's uh, that's just something that they have uh, picked up on. Uh, we will get a confirmation, I guess, in the next few days. Um, more T20 cricket, uh, the Pakistan Super League, uh, and Multan Sultans emerge as champions of this year's edition. As Haib Maksud and Riley Rousseau hit half centuries, while Imran Tahir struck thrice, giving them a 47 win and the championship. Yeah, and going back to England, as you said, we're going all around, all around the world today. The ODI series between the England and Indian women is beginning today. We here at Deep Mid Cricket can't wait to see what Shafali Verma does on her de- debut. Darren Stevens, the 45-year-old, signed a one-year contract extension with Kent this year. Still going on strong. The SLC has terminated Colombo Kings and Dambula Viking because of financial issues. And that was a bit random, but that is the SLC is in charge of the Sri Lankan T20 League, I'm assuming. The Lanka Premier League, yes. Um, yes. And then finally... Uh, the, uh, the Emirates Cricket Board, uh, the ECB, has approved organising a 90-ball tournament called 90 Bash, um, starting from next year. Uh, Karthi, I know you have a very strong views about this. About the 90 Bash? Yeah. Um, well, it's... There comes a time when you have to, you have to kind of... When are they just going to 
finish at the toss. They're gonna <laughs> the toss and they're gonna go. They're gonna go back into the pavilion. And... <laughs> There's not. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't uh, see the point of a ninety ball tournament. Honestly, it's. It, I don't know whether it's to get more people into the game or to make cricket really? more fast paced, but it's straying away from Test cricket, and this is why many people have said, "What's the point in Test cricket now?" And um, yeah, it's quite sad to see, actually. Hmm. I don't know. Anyways, uh, let's go to our DRS of the week. Being um, so, firstly, actually, this is the this is the first week when we've not been gifted a topic uh, to do, but uh, we sort of managed to get on. So um, on Thursday, uh, when Birmingham Bears played uh, Derbyshire Falcons um, at Edgebaston, uh, a group of students who were there um, uh, invaded the pitch. Looking at the pictures, um, I think it was from the Eric Holly stand. Uh, hundreds of fans were seen running onto the pitch after the Vitality Fast match. Firstly, this is of course not not uh, uh, not the right thing to do. But secondly, this is during a pandemic, no social distancing guidelines. Luckily, uh, none of the players were um, were injured. But um, yes, let's let's see what else what else do they say. Uh, the the behaviour has been called. Disgraceful, uh, and some of the universities uh, are investigating um, as to what uh, what's going to happen. What did do? You, did you did you read about this? It wasn't it wasn't very publicly made. Um, yeah, um, I re- I'm reading about it now. Yeah. I read about it a few days ago. Oh, not a few days ago. Just yesterday, actually. Mm. But it's, <laughs> it's. I think it's just a group of rowdy teenagers who yeah. have had a bit too much to drink, yeah. and then sparked a massive pitch invasion but yeah it's not on i don't think it's I don't it's know. I um think if the pitch was damaged or anything more than that it, they, they should be banned for life yeah i know they be uh, either way yeah yeah they are gonna be and i think it's it's a bit comical at the same time a bit serious the cases are going up here in the uk yeah. um so it's not the best thing uh, and i know um another match was confirmed at edgebaston uh with a crowd so um yes that's that uh, well, that brings us to the end uh, of the episode, and I know for a fact this one will be shorter than last time because last time uh, we sort of went overboard. I think last time's episode was thirty-one minutes. Um, but hey, uh, we missed you all, and we uh, uh, and we had to give you uh, a nice catch-up big episode. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>